Welcome to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. This is a podcast where we explore how the best B2B sales leaders make the complex simple, drive relationships and revenue, and generally elevate the sales profession. In this podcast, we're bringing together sales experts, thought leaders, top account executives, buyers, industry insiders, all to share their experiences and best practices for navigating the complex sales cycle. So whether you're a seasoned sales professional, a sales leader, or just starting out, you're going to find practical insights and actionable advice that you can apply to your old sales journey. Plus, we have a bit of fun. Alex Chan is a change agent. As the Global Director of Learning at SalesStar and co-creator of the Sales High Performance Pathway for Lasting Sales Transformation, he hasn't met a challenge he doesn't tackle head-on. In our dynamic discussion, we crack the code on complex sales. We dissect the art of consultative selling as a cornerstone strategy that revolutionizes how we understand the market and our customers. The journey doesn't stop there. We take you through a deep dive into the nine essential steps to sales success. This starts from having a rock-solid sales process and setting KPIs to cultivating a growth mindset and investing in your team. We've got it all covered. A key word here is transformational accountability, and we've got some fantastic tips on how you can establish a sales culture that drives impactful results. Let's get started. Alex Chan, welcome to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. How are you, my friend? Good, thank you. Delighted to be here, Paul. Well, we absolutely love having it. Why don't you tell, for everybody's sake, why don't you uh, a little bit uh, about what part of the world you're in? Well, I'm from down under in New Zealand, uh, and a lot of people are fond of saying, is that is that, that little island off the coast of Australia? But uh, I say it's two rocks in the South Pacific. But, you know, thanks to Zoom and thanks to Air Miles, uh, we get to travel the world both virtually and in person as well. So we're probably a long way from a lot of your viewers. But, um, you know, of course, Paul, we sell membrane down here as well. Oh, yes. Cellstar and membrane. Cellstar yes. and membrane together, which is a fantastic combination. We'll get into that a little bit later. But that is one of my favorite things to talk about in the world. You have trained, so for the benefit of you, you have trained and Salesstar process have trained thousands upon thousands of salespeople, business leaders across the world. And uh, um, do you mind, one of the things that I want to just dive into a little bit to set the expectation uh, viewers of the show know that if you've trained the sales leaders, what exactly are you training them on? Can you define sales? Can I define sales? Well, firstly, we, 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 we don't actually train. That's the first thing. We actually believe that training by itself is a waste of money. We need to take, um, we're not trainers, we're not business advisors, we're not strategic partners, we're all of the above. So we will work next to a client as their partner, just as just as you would um, um, if you're in a, if you're a CFO, you would have an accounting practice as your partner. If you're a if you're a, a CMO, you would have a marketing agency as your partner. Well, likewise, Salesstar is the sales partner for sustained growth in revenue. Um, yep, training is a part of it. What is sales? It's it's the business of helping people to achieve their goals. But let me get re get really clear. We use consultative selling, as which underpins um, uh, all of the sales development that we do. Now, that's a phrase, Paul. I'm sure you are aware that's often been used for about the last three decades. And I get a whole lot of different definitions on this. Some say it's about asking questions. Some say it's about finding the solutions uh, to their problems, finding their pain. But I take it a step further. SalesStar's official definition on consultative selling is this. It's to help clients to enhance their profit. Now, there's two ways of doing this. Number one is we can help them to increase their sales. And of course, that's the business that we're in. 
The second way to do this is to help them to reduce their costs. And I'm sure that many of your listeners will agree there's many ways to help a client to reduce their costs without actually resorting to discounting. So consultative selling is all of those things, but take it a step further. What impact does it have on the profit? That's how far we take it. That's fantastic. So, and then when you're talking about when you're talking about sales and profit, so you you are literally transforming and helping transform sales organizations so they can actually understand you're helping people transform their businesses and uh, and increase their profit, but also the people you are working with, you're training them to actually training and consulting and walking with them so their sales processes actually can understand how their customers increase their profits? That's right, precisely. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. It could be that um, we help a cl- uh, that one of our clients helps their customer to reduce downtime in, uh, in production work uh, or in construction work. It could be that if you sell surgical supplies, you can reduce theater time, which you pay, what is it, $30,000 an hour or something like that. Uh, it could be that we'd reduce wastage or maintenance costs or early replacement costs, consumables, increased productivity, increased stock turns. Um, there are different ways that we can help them to increase their sales or reduce their costs, again, and still not impact on the margin. As a matter of fact, with saving a customer money, we can actually show them how they can actually increase their margin because the consulting service that they give them denotes value. So that's really high value-based selling when we're able to affect the client's bottom line that way. So I love I love the definition because it it absolutely defines... It defines very specifically what the value is, which is profit, right? And um, and how to, how to do that. How did you come by this definition? And how did you tell me a little bit of your background in coming by that definition and getting into sales? Well, um, I wish that I could say I invented consultative selling, but that would be a lie. <laughs> um, it's there's been, as you know, Paul, there's been research on this since the eighties, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably even longer than you've been around, I would imagine. But um, It's long been known that it's the business of uh, fixing issues, addressing pain points, listening, asking questions, finding out where the problems are and providing solutions. To answer your question, what I did is I just sat down and I looked at it with my peer group and we thought, well, look, why do we do this? Why do we fix problems? And then the answer would be, well, it's to help productivity or it's to save costs. Oh, okay. Well, if it's to do that, well, then where does that end? What's the logical conclusion? it impacts the bottom line. And then it was like one of those light bulb moments. Okay. So if we save, if we help a client to reduce their operating costs, that saving falls directly to the bottom line. If we help them to increase their revenue, that incremental sale or those incremental sales also fall to the bottom line. And then we came to the conclusion of the obvious. Well, that means that consultative selling is to enhance profitability of our customers. And so to do this, you have to, you have to work directly with the leader of the system, I would imagine, right? So you have to work. You have to be working directly and starting with a CEO and a or a you know, an MD as they call it down. And is that what they call it, down? managing director? Is that just is that just the UK or is that you guys too? Managing director, CEO, president, you name it. Uh, whoever's running the show. Um, yeah, we we actually um, ha- have all three of those titles in in, in my neck of the woods. Um, but yeah, you would have to do that. And um, I, I think that it's important to realize, um, salespeople and sales leaders, to realize that consultative selling is not a technique. Consultative selling is a core strategy because it fundamentally changes the way that we address the market. So if we adopt that as a core strategy, the next question to your point 
is who do we target with that strategy? You target the ones to whom it matters. And Mm -hmm. a CEO will be very interested in anything to do with the profitability of their company. As a matter of fact, the CEO thinks this way, and I'm generalizing, of course, Paul, but in general terms, the CEO thinks like this. If there's not a cost associated with it, no problem exists. So don't so don't waste my time. Or the opposite is also true. If there's an impact positively on the profit, then you have my time. So when we can talk that kind of language, we can get in front of that kind of audience. So what are let's talk, let's dive into that a little bit then. So what are the the problems that a that a CEO in this day and age, what are the problems that a CEO is facing down? Well, it's a pretty tough economy at the moment, so it's a pretty timely question. I mean, um, how, how are things over there in the, in the United States? We've got branches in the United States. They tell me that it's tough. Is that what you're finding with your clients as well? Uh, yes, it's it's tough everywhere. There's some, there's some. I would say security companies are crushing it right now. They're doing great. So because they're 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 being hired uh, in a lot of spots, but but uh, actually a lot of the other areas are are very very tough right now. Yeah, well, we've got branches in New Zealand, Australia, throughout the United States, in Europe, and in the UK. So it'd be fair to say that we're across many parts of the Western world. And while the uh, economy varies from geography to geography, we're finding that everybody's doing it tough. Um, And uh, they're finding that the times are more challenging uh, now than they were previously. So some of the problems that they're having is that um, customers are deferring decisions. They're a lot slower about it. There are more committee-based decisions, so the sales cycle tends to get longer. They can't get good staff. There seems to be a labor shortage everywhere. Supply chain issues seem to be global, and that, of course, impacts on not only costs, but also um, staff are even reluctant to sell because they're afraid they can't fulfill. Customers complain as a result of that. And, um, of course, we've all seen spikes in inflationary pressure, and that impacts on margins. And as a result of uh, that, then people are making more price-conscious or price-based decisions. So we tend to find that these um, recurring themes seem to be occurring everywhere. Now, I'm just thinking of your listeners. If you're a CEO, what are you trying to do to fix all of that? Um, you tried everything, but it's not really having transformative results. You try hiring a new sales manager. You know, that's mediocre type of results. You try hiring new salespeople. They do the same old thing and they get mediocre results. Um, you try getting a new CRM, you'll like that one. <laughs> Nothing really happens there. It doesn't change anything. Um, they invested in training and that's a waste of money. That doesn't really get results. I mean, our CEO, Paul O'Donoghue, likens it to CEO whack-a-mole. You ever been to the mall and played whack-a-mole? Uh-huh. Yep. You, you think you've got the solution. Okay, I'll hit this and then that thing happens. I'll hit this, another problem comes up. I'll hit this, another problem comes up. They tried everything. Instead of just taking a step back strategically and looking at it and thinking, look, selling is changing. The buying landscape is changing. Um, and that means that if we keep doing the same old thing, it ain't going to work. So what is it? What, what's required is the question. Well, mm-hmm. it really requires a transformative strategy a definitive transformative strategy in tough times. So what is that transformative strategy? What goes, and I'm not pulling out any of your secret sauce, but what is a transformative strategy? So just tell me a little bit more about that. Well, it's not hiring new sales manager by itself. Mm -hmm. It's not hiring new salespeople by itself. It's not throwing training at them. It's not getting a new CRM. 
it's forming a strategy that incorporates all of those things and more. And um, you're talking about giving away some of the secret sauce. So I'm really happy to share a lot of things with the with the, with your listeners today, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, add to all of that, um, CEOs. I'm sure that they are well aware that their primary role is to enhance shareholder value. So, well, all of those challenges that we just talked about, how can we help them to enhance shareholder value? Uh, we're talking about enhancing profit. That's what we're going to be talking about this session. Well, that's fantastic because I I have noticed, and this is just we we've not been uh, we we didn't do any prep on this episode re- regarding this, but I have noticed that companies that are maintaining and doing a really good job are focusing in three different areas and uh let me know if you if you agree if this falls in line with the transformative strategy but they are focusing on on the team so the players that are the right seats they're on the right bus are the you know are they on the right seats on the bus do they have the right skill sets they're they're focusing on and i because of alliteration, I've called it training, but it's it's more along the lines of the investment in that team. So how do I walk alongside them in a continual, continual manner that gets them the information they need that that helps them uh, transform their attitudes, their life, their to be able to execute on on a strategy that actually helps grow business? Because we both know that sales and consultative selling is just not around. It's not around saying the right words. Right, it, you're not. You need to transform a lot of yourself to be good at it. And the third is the technology, which is, if you don't have a wrapper on this, these. Mm-hmm. I mean, before you you would be able to just put it out there uh, and do it because there was no good technology wrappers. But if you don't have a wrapper on this that ties everything together, that ties your data together, that your, you know, the ongoing education that you're doing together, the actually helping that talent come together and perform well and enabling them like those are all pieces of transformation but if you do one by itself you start to that's where i hear i see the whack-a-mole right so how how do you coach an organization to to drive into each element of that transformation and and take it into bite-sized chunks like what how do you work with them to do that I wish that uh, this was video and not audio, Paul, because then I could share with you um, our nine-step high-performance pathway, uh, which would answer that question, but perhaps verbally very quickly. Yeah. Um, step number one, um, firstly, it's broken into three different tiers, and that is uh, firstly clarity, then activity, um, and then effectiveness. So the equation for success is clarity times activity times effectiveness equals sales success. So on clarity, you've got the first three steps, which is to uh, make sure that we evaluate our team. You know, do we have the right team on board? And then secondly, what is our sales plan? I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Thirdly, and you'll love this one because Membrane's fantastic for housing sales process. Do we have a robust sales process? I'll talk about that uh, more a little bit later on. So that's getting our clarity right. And then activity is the actual doing uh, uh, itself. So that is uh, that is things like KPIs, which is uh, step number four. You know, do we have the right KPIs and accountabilities in place? Step number five, what is the quality of our management and our leadership? Leaders are terrible. Certainly the, the surveys that I've seen, it's, it's the second highest skill deficiency. And so you're talking about investing in staff. Well, that requires leadership. Fifthly, we talked about skill shortage. How do we recruit? Because a lot of really bad salespeople interview really well. <laughs> and why not? They're selling themselves. Um, 
mindset, step number uh, seven, that is a huge thing. Now, both you and I are associated with Objective Management Group, which is arguably the largest research project in the history of selling. Over 2 million people have been evaluated. So good sample size to really understand what looks good. And we both know, Paul, that they figured out that mindset is 85% of the equation. So what's going on in the headspace? Do they have the right mindset? Finally, we get to skill set number eight. That's where training comes in. Just that little bitty bitty number eight out of nine. Uh, and then high performance coaching. Uh, that's number eight, I should say. And then number nine uh, is uh, is high performance coaching. So, you know, that's that's where training sits. Training sits at number eight. But like I say, by itself, it's a waste of money. So that's what it takes to be transformative. I don't know if, you're, if your listeners can sort of visualize all those steps. I just sort of hurried them through. But there's well, a lot more than just chucking something at it. Yeah, you know what we'll do is we'll put a link um, when we publish this. We'll put a link to the if if you allow us to, to the nine step process because I think that would be awesome to to go along with this as a handout because it's not just a I mean having that language around this and this is one of the things I so truly value about Salesstars. You have that language not just around selling but around how to truly transform. And a proven methodology around how we truly transform. Now, one of the things that that uh, you talked about there that's highly interesting is is accountability and that managerial layer um, in your process. Is that something you want to dive into now? Because uh, I think that that's something that's really important when people think about how to transform their organization is that accountability. Yeah, uh, it's a good question there, Paul. And uh, what I would like to do, uh, time permitting, is go over some tips that I can share with your listeners. Um, yeah. That will be one of them. I'll start from that to answer your question straight off. But what I'd like to do is give the listeners some really solid tools they can walk away with. So this is a high value um, session for everybody. Um, to the business of accountability, number one problem we've found around the world, number one problem is that managers do not hold their teams accountable. Why is that? Now, well, the thing is, sometimes um, uh, they don't like doing it because it, it, ha- it means that we have to have uh, both tough conversations as well as good conversations. Um, the other thing is they might think they're holding them accountable because they've got KPIs in place, but quite often they're the wrong KPIs. Uh, let me illustrate. I'm sure a lot of your listeners will have heard of the difference between leading indicators and lagging indicators, but just for the benefit of those who aren't too sure, Lagging indicators are things like sales this month actual compared to budget, sales year to date actual compared to budget, or sales year on year. Now, those are important metrics to be sure, but what's the problem with those? I mean, they're historical. By the time you find out what the number is, it's already too late. It was last month, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So then the question is, well, then, okay, what are leading indicators? And that we find is often a little bit mysterious when we deal with companies. So what are these? Leading indicators are activities that actually are predictive of a future result. Whereas lagging indicators, such as financial reporting, they look backwards at a past result. Mm -hmm. So if the leading indicators are not in place, how do we know if we're going to make our number? The answer is it's like just trying to judge the weather by looking at the sky. So let's let's work back towards towards that. Like, how do you get to those leading indicators and for the right indicators for the right business? Like, how do you work towards that? Okay, so I'm going to answer that question. Just before I do that, here's part of the secret sauce. Uh, 
The secret source to getting sales growth in tough times is to become data-driven. An organization, including a sales organization, that runs on data and who knows its numbers is the organization that's going to succeed in tough times, let alone good times as well. So that's the broad answer. Now I'll go back to your question. What we do is we use a technique um, called reverse engineering. I'll give you an example. Salestar um, has got a full cast of characters because we do professional video productions. We've got a full-time video crew. Um, and uh, one of those characters is a person called Penny. Now, Penny is the best salesperson in the world, according to her character description. And she does a lot of demonstrations on our video library on how to do it. She's also got an opposite who shows you how not to do it, I might add. <laughs> but uh, here's what Penny figured out. She's in a uh, in a small uh, kind of business. And what she, what she does is uh, she has a budget of $1.2 million a year. So that's a sales budget. And if she achieves that, she achieves a lagging indicator. But she's taken that and she's broken it down per month. Obviously, $1.2 million is what? $100,000 a month, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what she's also figured out in terms of her metrics, her data, is that she's averaged out her sale. And she's figured out that her average sale value is $10,000. So what does she know? She knows she has to get 10 sales a month working on averages, all part of the data. All right, but she also knows, now here's where the reverse engineering phrase comes in, she works backwards. She knows that she closes one in every two proposals that she presents. So if she needs 10 sales, I'm sure the listeners can do their math very quickly, how many proposals does she have to present? Well, she's got to do 20, 20. If, she, if she's going to make her 10. <laughs> All right, she, worked back, she works backwards again, continuing the, the reverse engineering. She knows her numbers. She knows her data. She knows that for every two discovery meetings that she does, she'll get a, a request for proposal. So if she has to do um, 20 proposals and she closes one or two discoveries to presentation, then she's got to do how many discoveries? She's got to do 40. And she also knows that for every 20, sorry, for every five phone calls that she makes, one will result in a discovery, which means she has to do 200 calls a month, which is, if you have 20 days in a month, it's only 10 calls a day. It's quite manageable when you break it down. Mm -hmm. So that's an example. It's a fictitious example, but that's an example of using data to know exactly what activity is required in order to be predictive of the end of month result. Like if she has to do 40 present, if she has to do 40 discovery meetings, she knows that if she only does say 30, she's not going to make a number. Or she knows that if she only does five presentations, she knows she's not going to make a number. Now, of course, this all works on the basis of averages. Naturally, some months it's not going to some some months the numbers are going to defy those uh, th that data. But over a period of time, those are her averages. That's what it means to be data driven. Couple with that, if a manager sits down with his or her staff and has a one on one with them every week to monitor those KPIs and to look at the pipeline, they can give them that manager can give them direction early on if they see a negative trend in that data before the month ends before it's too late so that seems to me to go to your so the data driven and the accountability that all that goes all the way to the 
the ninth, the eighth and ninth step in the process, right? Because you can't, you have to set those and then you have to be able to train to the skill deficits, right? And then coach continually, 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 right? Because those metrics, because we want to see improvement in those metrics, right? So we reverse engineer and then we can start to see what, what is the biggest lever that you pull, that you see pulling to, to set those metrics, to understand them, to hold people accountable, and then to improve? Is that coaching? Is, is, does coaching come or is there multiple levers that come on? It's a combination of coaching, which is step nine, but it's also a combination of step two, which is the sales plan. And in the sales plan, um, usually the customer does not know their metrics. It's probably that way 95, 96% of the time. They don't know their metrics. They just take a rough guess. Mm-hmm. So we take an educated guess to start with, and at least that gets the salespeople working to something. Okay, I've got to do this many calls. I've got to do this many proposals. At least they're doing something. And then over the next 90 days that follows, we find out what the actual ratios are, and then we're going to st- then we can really lock down those KPIs and then hold them to account on that. So there's two principal ways to hold them to account on the on the data, and that is one, locking down what are the KPIs, and number two, driving the accountability through weekly one-on-ones. And I might add that sales managers have this innate tendency to resist one-on-ones to the hilt because it takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a manager say to me, I have five salespeople on my team. If I have five one-on-ones, I'm writing off five hours a week. And I said to him, can we just quit that term writing off? I mean, a sales manager's job is to manage sales. That's what your title says. One-on-ones is the business of managing sales. Come on. And it's time very, very well spent. You give them direction for the week. And as I said earlier on, you can curb any issues before they even become problems. Well, that brings us to the, the managerial question, right? Mm. So because that salesman, to me, at least it does, that sales manager that is, is there that's saying that's time written off. Right, doesn't understand the power of multiplication and investment, right? And it, it, how do you put this, bring the KPIs, drive this in, understand where a business goes, what they need to reverse engineer the KPIs to be able to hit their number. But then how do you get managers to actually be able to manage and coach effectively mm-hmm. uh, as frontline managers? Mm-hmm. We, actually, we actually work with the, the leaders directly to teach them how to coach plain and simple. And um, so when we work with our clients, um, we have two different regular cadences. One is with their sales team and one is with the sales leaders themselves. And uh, sorry, there's actually a third cadence. And that is if the owner of the business happens to be a different person or the CEO happens to be a different person, we catch up with them at the latest every quarter for a full review to make sure everything's on track. So, but with the with the second one, the managerial cadences, with that's mm-hmm. that, that these these are either weekly or or every other week uh, with the sales leaders. There, we teach them the importance of getting the data right, how to lead a one on one, how to lead a sales meeting, and how to coach. Now, I don't do coaching anymore. We've got about eighty plus people in the world who work for SalesStar in various countries, so they do all the coaching now. But I remember in my coaching days before I before we grew too big and I was on the front line myself, I used to say to my clients every time their sales fell behind, I would say to them, are you doing your sales meetings? Are you doing your one-on-ones? Are you going out in the field and coaching? 
And if ever the answer is no, then I will say to them, that is why your sales are dwindling. And every time they do those important non-negotiables, I call them, their sales pick up again. But to answer your question, we teach them how to coach. Yeah, there was a it was a recent post on LinkedIn. And I wish I remembered the uh, the source of this, um, but it was fifty percent of of salespeople out there would would not pay a dollar for an hour with their with their coach or their manager. And I think that's such a uh, it's such a tell, right? In terms of why a lot of times sales is is ineffective because we all need that support system. We all need that that coach. And so that frontline investment in the in the context of a full strategic plan, that frontline investment in those sales managers is absolutely critical, is it not? Like you just I don't I don't see growth without it. The, 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 you, you can't see growth without it because there is none. I agree with you 100%. And a lot of sales managers are not equipped to coach um, because they might have come up through the ranks. Maybe they were salespeople. I've seen appalling situations where people were turned into a sales manager who used to work in the manufacturing or engineering department. And they, they don't see sales as being an art. They just see it as this thing, oh, we'll put you in sales now. So um, it's not always the right appointment to start with. But interestingly, Paul, uh, when I did a leadership workshop, we would always start the leadership workshop with the question, who's a good leader that you either work for or worked for? And two thirds of the class would not put up their hands. They don't either either don't have a good leader now or they've never had a good leader in the past. The one third who do put up their hands, I'll always ask them, what did they teach you about leadership? Why did you why did you name these people as a great leader? And I get a variety of answers. But one of the most common answers I get is I listed them as a great leader because they taught me so much. Now, what does that tell you about a leader and what that has to do with coaching? It means that a great leader is a great coach. And as our CEO and founder, Paul O'Donoghue, was fond of saying, it is a sales leader's job to grow people, to grow sales. You can't do it all yourself. The only way you can do it is to teach your team how to do it and multiply multiply yourself out. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, I can't wait to have, we're going to have Paul on too. Maybe we should have you on together at some point. But um, yeah, that that idea of multiplication and instilling that into the frontline leaders that are there. I mean, this idea of working, almost working yourself out of a job, right? You want to grow people that, that can absolutely um, perform is so critical. And you guys given the the full nine and I'm doing it with my finger, I'm doing a stake motion with a nine step pathway to give them a fully transformative, you know, strategy that allows them to execute and coach them. That's also something I've found that's really unique in the world of sales because oftentimes people are are executing without a without a full framework. They're mm-hmm. executing with a partial framework, or their their KPIs are their KPI. They have KPIs, but they don't know why they have KPIs, mm-hmm. uh, and or they have a a company vision, but the their reality of the company vision is so far from what the company, you know, what the company is actually doing is so far from that company vision that it just doesn't make sense to them. I guess as a final question, I'd ask, how do you, is there any advice that you'd give to listeners about creating other than, you know, working with Sealstar, which is a given, right? But, but how, 
connecting the dots between the transformation, the strategy, the transformative, transformative strategy that some uh, that you put in place, all the way down to the execution and the coaching and the ongoing for them. Like, how, what are the critical aspects of that? This you just simply can't miss. It must be managerially led. If the managers are not prepared to get involved, they're wasting their money, plain and simple. We've had cases where they've bought the program, they've spent tens of thousands, sometimes even more than that, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars with us, but the manager's disengaged. It doesn't work. And we've been known to actually stop the assignment and, and, and just say, okay, we don't want to take any more money off you because we want to stand by our product. And if you're not helping us, it ain't going to work. So it must be managerially led. The managers have got to be in this up to their neck, working side by side with us as their partners for it to succeed. Only then can they be true leaders and only then can they get transformative. That is wise. That's very wise. And uh, thank you for that because uh, leaders, you break it down, leaders lead, right? And you need to be in the muck. Any final thoughts that you'd like to offer to the audience before uh, before we close up? Well, that was only part of it, um, uh, Paul. Um, being data-driven, I've, I've got to say, um, I love the membrane data. Uh, you know, when I look through one of our own team and and their performance, and uh, I look at their uh, I, I look at their dashboards, and I think to myself, well, you know, you've done uh, this many proposals. How come only this many went to presentation, or how 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 come only this many um, uh, went to close? You know, it's a fantastic tool, so that you're driven by the data. Yeah, and in the context of the process, and I have to say that's why I love this this partnership and how we work together. And just uh, for everybody that's listening, that we have an embedded uh, uh, Salesstar process that's directly with, sits within the technology within it, as well as offers coaching uh, to Salesstar clients directly, like video based coaching and all those directly within the, the context of a CRM. So it allows those teams, those talented teams that you're hiring, right, to be able to be empowered with a a tool that actually follows the process that your organization has agreed on, not for the not for the sake of data entry, not for the sake of gathering data. That's an output of it, but for the sake of helping them sell, right? And so then if it's for the sake of helping them sell and actually move things along, then you can look at that data because it's actually being used. People are actually in the system following a process that's actually being used. And then the data that comes out is just phenomenal. So I've seen your dashboards too. I think it's you guys are one of the power, one of the power partners and power users of the system. And just a great testimony to it's a great testimony to your whole approach, the whole transformative approach. When you look at a dashboard and you could say, that's exa- I know exactly what's going on in that sales organization and exactly what's going on in that business. And I could help coach to solve it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the results speak for themselves. You know, you, you you see results of increases in sales within one year of upwards of 30%. Uh, in a lot of the places in America, they've, 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 um, they've made sales increases of over 50%. Um, personally, as a former coach myself, before I turned to management, uh, I've, I've seen increases of 100% and 300%. Um, so, you know, the, the, and it's all using these techniques and these these strategies of using the data, using good leadership and coaching. They, they, they will get you results like that if you're fully committed. So how do people find uh, Alex Chan and Salesstar if they would like to? <laughs> well, you can find me on LinkedIn under Alex Chan of Salesstar um, or direct email alexc at salesstar.com. And of course, the Salesstar website, you guessed it, is salesstar.com. That's two S's, S A 
L-E-S-S-T-A-R. That's right. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the on the pod today. It, this was fantastic, Power Packed. I really, truly appreciate it. Can I have you back on again at some point? I'd love to. Thank you so All much right. for having me. Excellent. Well, with that, everybody, we will sign off for today on the Art and Science of Complex Sales. Alex, thank you so much. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. This podcast is sponsored by Membrane and our partners from around the globe. Here at Membrane, we believe that B2B sales is at a crossroads. Due to decades of quantity-based prospecting, information overload, and really a shift towards efficiency over service and pitching over leadership in sales, customers are saying enough is enough. They're tuning out average performers and choosing to take most of the buying journey on their own. This results in up and down sales results, forecasts that are all over the place, and salespeople that are half committed due to the fact that they're having poor results and they have an inability to truly connect with customers. We believe the road successful companies are taking to combat this is threefold. Number one, training to create leaders and executives across all areas of the team with strong habits and sales methodologies that bring value. Number two, technology. Technology that focuses and helps a salesperson succeed and reinforces great habits rather than wasting their time on filling out fields for reporting or wasting their time on spamming customers that have no interest in ever buying. Third, talent. And I'm talking about talent that's empowered and emboldened to make a difference for their customers and their companies. So where are you on that journey? Membrane and our network of partners across the globe are here to help and to elevate the sales profession. We streamline critical technology by combining CRM, training and enablement, and more into one seamless platform. We drive best-in-class methodologies through our partners. They provide the top thought leadership methodologies and resources from across the globe. And our collective efforts are dedicated to recruiting, training, coaching, and empowering, and measuring the habits of the top teams in the world to ensure success. Join us at Membrane.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening.